This mini-episode continues to chronicle the pandemic as it spread across the U.S. Incarcerated people, COVID-19 lockdown, and mental illness. The COVID-19 lockdown of the Pennsylvania Department of Corrections has transformed the state prisons into one massive solitary confinement system. A prison crat's dream come true, yet a nightmare for incarcerated prisoners who are fighting to maintain their mental sanity and emotional stability. Solitary confinement is proven to cause mental illness and emotional trauma in human beings, whom are social beings by nature, which makes solitary confinement the antithesis to human nature. Here in the state prisons, incarcerated people are fighting just to keep their heads above water under the COVID-19 lockdown of prisons. Incarcerated persons can be seen in a constant agitated state, very stressed, on an emotional roller coaster of mood swings, outbursts of anger, aggression, severe depression, and suicidal. Were it not for the free Zoom visits, phone calls, and emails to maintain communication with family and friends, were it not for the yard periods to socialize with other incarcerated people, and were it not for incarcerated people's understanding of the need to keep safe under the threat of the COVID-19 pandemic, there will be massive prison rebellions against the inhumane treatment that incarcerated people are receiving in the name of the COVID-19 safety measures. National newspapers recently have reported that tens of millions of Americans are suffering mental health issues as a result of the COVID-19. And former First Lady Michelle Obama has stated she too is battling depression from the COVID-19. And they are people whom are in the free world. Then how much more are incarcerated people whom are locked down, locked under, locked out, and locked away from society and placed in solitary confinement conditions are suffering mental illnesses? More pointedly, how many people in society even care? My name is Christopher Trotter. I'm calling from inside the belly of the beast at Wabash Valley Correctional Facility. I'm living under the threat of COVID-19 inside the facility. It's like waiting for the Grand Reaper to come and harvest your soul. You know when it's, you don't know when it's coming, but you know it's coming. So I find myself living in a constant state of anxiety and stress. The administration response to COVID-19 here at the prison is to intimidate prisoners into not reporting if they may be asymptomatic or if they may actually be uh, exposed to COVID-19. Uh, their response is to, if you report it, we're going to quarantine you in isolation for 14 days. And so most prisoners are fearful to report it. So right now I'm sitting here and it's almost like a force waiting to catch fire. You know, there's no social distancing. Uh, there's no really good sanitary measures. Um, and uh, the response that I would like to see take place is to have a mandatory testing for all prisoners, mandatory testing for all correctional facilities and guards, and, and uh, also the older prisoners, prisoners that are being down 20 or 30 or 40 years that may be suffering from some type of chronic illness, you know, I would like to see them have a chance to go to some type of parole board or, or get some type of uh, clemency or some type of a relief from this because those are going to be the most vulnerable. And with the flu season coming up, you're not going to be able to distinguish the two in this prison. And it's going to be real bad here soon. 
and 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 then you know the industry complex, the prison industry complex, don't want to lose any money, and they have minimum wage paying jobs here, so they're not going to shut down these jobs because a few people might have COVID nineteen, and they're not going to report it if their staff comes in or have COVID nineteen. Because they don't want to shut the prison down. If they shut the prison down, they lose money. And so the bottom line is this. Prisoners' lives matter. Our lives matter too. Not just black lives, not just white lives, not just Hispanic lives, but prisoners' lives. We matter too. We're still human beings at the end of the day. And again, my name is Christopher Trotter. I'm inside the belly of the beast at Wabash Valley Correctional Center. Trump's COVID-19 is Biden's opportunity. Breaking news has President Donald Trump and First Lady Melania Trump testing positive for COVID-19. Wall Street investors are uneasy and stock trading is low in response to Trump having COVID-19. The executive branch of America are contemplating whether a temporary transfer of presidential power into the hands of Vice President Mike Pence pursuant to the 25th Amendment should be enacted due to Trump having COVID-19. Throughout the uncertainty of President Trump's health crisis and being sidelined from his presidential campaign by COVID-19, should Joseph Biden suspend his campaign for president? Absolutely not. While President Trump is sidelined with COVID-19, possibly for two weeks, Joe Biden should take this opportunity to refocus the campaign message squarely on COVID-19 and Trump's incompetence and utter failure to deal with the COVID-19 pandemic in America. 200,000 COVID-19 deaths and 7 million COVID-19 infections of the most vulnerable U.S. citizens in America is inexcusable. Joe Biden should... Joe Biden should continue with his campaign for president deep into the heart of battleground states, emphasizing the points that Trump has drank his own poisoned Kool-Aid to not wear masks and throw precautionary measures against COVID-19 pandemic for America out of the window, has placed all American lives in peril, has crippled the economy, and has politically polarized the country. Moreover, Biden should show no public sympathy or empathy for Trump being infected with COVID-19, but should publicly express that Trump is suffering from the consequences of his own reckless acts, his delusions of grandeur, and his own propaganda. Let's see if old Joe Biden has the mentality and eye of the tiger like a fighter to finish off his opponent when he's hurt. If so, Joe Biden may actually be capable to take the White House from Trump. From the belly of the beast at prisonradio.org. I am Shaka Bona. Thank you for listening. Hello, world. My name is Christopher Schrader. I'm coming live inside the Valley of the Beast at Wabash Valley Correctional Facility, Carlisle, Indiana. At this moment, the facility is on lockdown due to COVID-19, an uptick in cases as a result of staff transferring inside to prisoners. Again, as a result of staff transferring it inside to prisoners. Right now, they have over 50 cases in the last two days, positive cases, amongst the prison population here at Wild Vash. They've isolated a few prisoners. 
They did no contact tracing. They did no mandatory testing. And so, as a result, this, could, this pandemic could get worse in prison. Prison lives matter, too. And Indiana is a red state. And instead of them taking the necessary precautions to open slowly, they were concerned about the economy. Economy over lives. You know, that's what this capitalist system is all about. Property over human life. Capital over human life. And when we hear this thing they call herd, H-E-R-D, what they're saying is just let this run rapid throughout the populations in society and in prison. Let them build up some immunity. Let, 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 let's kill a bunch of them. Herd is actually another word for genocide. Genocide. This is what they're talking about. Allowing a lot of people to die. Just let it run rapid. And in prison, it's going to run rapid. They're not going to spend, waste money on putting prisoners on ventilators or giving any type of treatment. They're going to let them die. And who suffers? Those prisoners that have family out there. So if you got a prisoner, if you got a, excuse me, if you have a, if you have a family member in prison, you need to be concerned right now. You need to call. You need to call. And be concerned about what's going on inside these prison walls. That's why I'm so against prisons. That's why I'm so against the 13th Amendment of the United States Constitution, which allows slavery to exist. And that's why it's important that people start to realize that we have to abolish the 13th Amendment. If we do away with the 13th Amendment, we can do away with slavery inside prisons. We may be able to have make a big step toward the abolishing of prisons. As long as the 13th Amendment exists, as it does, prisons will exist. Slavery inside prison will exist. So think about it. Our Constitution, the 13th Amendment, allows this type of mass incarceration to exist. It allows prisoners to be sitting in prison now waiting to be stricken down by COVID. I pray that everyone is safe in prison. And I pray for the families that have loved ones in prison. It's a concern. We are not there. If you have a voice, vote. Vote Trump out of office. Because he has given up people a false sense of security with this pandemic. He just had COVID-19, but he had the best health care in the world. If 
if a prisoner catches it, <laughs> he doesn't have any health care. If the average citizen catches it, they don't have the health care that Donald Trump got. So be afraid of it. Because it's real. It's genocide. It's population control. My name is Bilal Abdul Salam Bey. I am an inmate at the Hutchinson Correctional Facility here in Hutchinson, Kansas. The commentary is about the COVID-19. About four days ago, I started feeling sick. I woke up and I was sneezing, and then it progressed from sneezing to sneezing and coughing. And the third day, it went from sneezing and coughing to sneezing, coughing, a headache, puffy eyes, and a swollen throat. And on the fourth day, right after I had went to breakfast, I came back to my cell and I threw up twice. And I uh, I have a job in the cell house as a cell house porter cleaning up the cell house. And I had came out for work and I started feeling dizzy. So I asked the guard to call the nurse for me. And the nurse came, gave, she did my uh, she did my temperature which at the time was only 98.5. She did an oxygen check on me, and my oxygen uh, levels were good and everything, and she did blood pressure, and the blood pressure was good. However, being that I had the symptoms, she gave she got permission to do what they call a rapid COVID testing, which gives results in like 15 minutes. And she gave me the COVID testing, and I tested positive. So after testing positive, I had put in a sick call and requested to be, they had me in my cell, in my cell house, quarantined uh, in my cell, but I requested to be moved to the clinic. And as it stands now, I am now in an isolation cell in the infirmary until I, uh, until I have no longer symptoms. Um, after 10 days, if I do continue to show symptoms, then I will have to stay in the clinic for the full 14 days um, until uh, then I will be able to go back to population. Once again, this is Bilal Abdul Salam Bay, known as Charlie Hughes, number 96576, Hutchinson Correctional Facility, P.O. Box 1568, Hutchinson, Kansas, 67504. Thank you for your time, effort, and energy. These commentaries are recorded by Noel Hanrahan of Prison Radio.